You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome to Plug Into Health. If you are a parent, a caregiver, or a guardian of children, we know how important they are to you. We also know it's likely the reason you're listening as you seek information and perhaps peace of mind in the decision to vaccinate your children for COVID-19. On this episode, we're going to address some of the most frequently asked questions that surround this topic using information that is backed by science and trusted by the physicians at Provea Health and others around the world. Dr. Ashok Rai, the president and CEO of Provea Health and a practicing physician, has been following COVID-19 vaccination developments very closely, and we welcome him to the program. Hello, Dr. Rai. Hi, Angela. I'd like to start by giving the date of the recording of this podcast, which is May 17th, 2021. So Dr. Rai, we'll start with this. Scientists, the FDA and CDC now say it is safe to immunize children for COVID-19 with the Pfizer vaccine starting at age 12. How do they know? How do we know it's safe? Well, I think it's really important, even if we rewind to safety in adults. You know, We've been studying these vaccines, specifically the Pfizer vaccine now, for over a year. Uh, and uh, all the data has shown how well they work. They work incredibly well and how incredibly safe they are. And as we launched the vaccines for adults based on data that was what we refer to as robust, in other words, tens of thousands of patients uh, were looked at prior to even adults being approved to give this vaccine. Now we look at what's happened since adults have been receiving it and tens of millions of people have received the vaccine. And that mirrors what we learned in those early research uh, months. So as we look at children, uh, as soon as the, it was approved for adults, Pfizer took, uh, took it upon to start researching the same way they did for adults to start researching it for children. So November, December of 2020, children uh, ages 12 to 15 were enrolled in clinical trials designed identical to the adult clinical trials to start to see how did they respond to the vaccine? Was it safe? How did they feel after they got the vaccine? And did it work? And 12 to 15 mirrored exactly what we were seeing in adults. It worked, and it was very safe. Now, people always wonder, how do we know it's safe? But we are watching a lot of safety uh, aspects to every single vaccine. You know, what kind of reactions are happening? Are there significant reactions happening? Are there any major side effects? Now, the 12 to 15-year-old age group, just like the 16 to 106 age group, You know, after they get their shot, some felt a sore arm, a low-grade fever at times, but all of that went away within 24 to 48 hours. So it's amazing how well that 12 to 15-year-old group mirrored the adult group, but it's also not that surprising. If you ever looked at the bottle of Tylenol or, say, other medications, when do we start considering dosing to be around adult dosing? It's usually around 12 or ballparking that age. So these results aren't surprising but they do make us happy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to argue, you know, the effectiveness of this vaccine, but what do we know about any potential long-term effects? How can parents feel reassured that they're doing the right thing for their kids in the long term? You know, there's a lot of great scientists out there that all they do is work on vaccines. 
and many focus on vaccines for children. And all, depending on who you read, you know, from the heads of, you know, those that are in Philadelphia or Houston, great scientists all around the world, all will consistently tell you that long-term side effects, long-term issues with vaccines show themselves within the first 60 days after a shot. So now we've got much longer than 60 days in these studies without any long-term issues. But if you looked at polio or smallpox where there were adverse reactions, albeit very small amount of people had adverse reactions, they all happen in the first 60 days. So now we're well past 60 days and, and we've seen the safety profile. So we confidently can say that these are safe in the short term and in the long term. There's also commentary suggesting that there's less justification to vaccinate children than adults because the fatality rate of COVID-19 and the severity of the disease overall is lower in children. So what's your response to that? So let's tackle this in two parts because there's two reasons to get vaccinated, one for the patient and one for the community. So although the severity wasn't uh, what we saw in the adult population in children, we still had children die. And we discovered what we have this multi-system inflammatory disease that happens after a child has COVID is recovered and shows up months after, which, you know, can be, you know, hugely impactful to a child's life, needing to have dialysis. We've seen some really bad results. So COVID, although may not kill every child it infects, it can. And because of that reason, we need to be safe. If you looked at the total number of COVID deaths, uh, there's a physician who's an infectious disease specialist that represents the American Academy of Pediatrics, and it was stated that it still falls in the top 10 reasons of death this year for children. So we can't just blow it off because none of it, especially those of us who are parents, want our child to be that statistic. So that's the reason to vaccinate your children. Now let's talk about the community. You know, we're, we, we know that this virus needs a human host to spread. The more people that are vaccinated, the less ch chance of it spreading. So if you've got, you know, 20, 12-year-olds in a room and they're all vaccinated and somebody with COVID comes in uh, into that room and breathes, that virus doesn't have a chance to replicate. It just dies in the air. And that's what we want to see. We want to see more and more situations where COVID can't find an opportunity to, to spread, to replicate. So the more people vaccinated, the better chance we have at really driving this virus into the ground. And what does the data tell us in terms of how effective the vaccine is in preventing COVID-19 in children versus adults? Almost identical and really good. And the data is just not about preventing, you know, significant death, which it was incredibly good at, but even mild infection. But what we actually discovered in adults and now we're seeing in children is that what we didn't know in the first trials, which we got to see after tens of millions got the dose and researched it, is that the vaccine is actually preventing the spread of COVID too. Mm -hmm. And that's hugely important as we're seeing in some of the masking, you know, data that's coming out as well. Yeah, that's, and, you know, is that similar to where if you were to still become infected with COVID-19, but you were vaccinated, that perhaps the symptoms would be less severe as well? Yeah, there, we call those breakthroughs in infections, and they're really rare, you know, less than 5% when you look at the data. And in the real world, we're seeing a lot less than 5% of people having COVID after they've been vaccinated. But when they do, it's a very mild case. It's like dumbing the virus down to a common cold, not one that's going to kill you. Okay.
Um, you had touched a little bit earlier on side effects that children may experience um, from the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Are those side effects different at all from what adults may experience? No, it seemed to parallel it pretty well. You know, maybe a percentage point you're here, but people are saying, well, you're going to give my child a fever. Well, only 20% of people actually experienced a low-grade temperature and it went away. And once again, 80% didn't. So I think it's important to understand, I don't like calling them side effects. Mm -hmm. It's the effects of your immune system ramping up. So they're great effects. You know, I've said this before, but you know that feeling you have, to, you have after an awesome workout in the gym? Now, I haven't had one of those in a while, but uh, let's go back to high school and you're lifting and then you have that good sore for a day. You know your muscles are building up. Well, the soreness in your arm, that low-grade fever, the, the possibility of a headache, that's your immune system working. That's the soreness after a great workout. And you're building immunity, just like you're building muscle. So that's the easiest way I can say is that we all got better from those soreness, and we all know we got stronger. So you'll get over those great effects, but your immune system will be stronger, and it will prevent you from becoming infected to COVID-19. Besides the fact that it can help prevent children from becoming infected with COVID-19, what are some of the other benefits in vaccinating your children? Well, you think about the, you know, knowing that you're really low chance from getting infected and you're not going to spread it. The term quarantine goes away once you're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. You know, my own children have been quarantined due to exposures at school. Uh, my college age children have been quarantined and regulated to, you know, staying in a dorm room for 14 days straight and not interacting with people. They've missed important activities, sporting events because of quarantine, and I've seen it happen to others. I've seen entire football teams or quarterback rooms, you know, get quarantined. All of that goes away once you're vaccinated. So there's great benefits. Obviously, if you're vaccinated, the CDC has said in certain settings, you don't have to wear a mask. That's great. That's awesome. Although mask wearing to me is not that big of a deal, but to some people it is. But quarantine, that really affects your life. And knowing that you're safe and you're vaccinated, you don't have to quarantine is awesome. And just knowing that you're safe, mm -hmm. you know, that your child's going to probably have a pretty normal school year if they get vaccinated. But if they're not, and we still know COVID's going to be an environment, they could be the one that's getting quarantined at home. And, and you could say, I mean, there's even further ripple effects from that. So if they have more of a normal school year, mental health is hopefully, you know, enhanced as well. Or, um, you know, another ripple effect could be, you know, if, if your child has to be home from school or is quarantined, mom or dad may not be able to go to work. There could be other impacts. It it's kind of just keeps going on and on. Yeah, the ripple positive effects of being vaccinated are great. And the ripple effects of not being vaccinated are, are really rough. And we've seen that for over a year. And we want those to go away. Mm -hmm. I want my children to have a normal school year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the minute they're eligible, they're getting vaccinated. Uh, and, you know, I'm a parent first. Uh, granted, I'm a physician and I have other leadership roles. But I'm a parent. And as a parent, I'm going to look at everything that affects my children. And I would never introduce them to a drug or to a vaccine if I didn't feel it was 100% safe for them. And I think it's really important to see those of us who are physicians that are getting our children vaccinated. We're not doing it just for show. We're doing it to protect our children. And, you know, it's always, well, what would you do for your family? I get that question a lot as a practicing physician, you know, in an ICU, a family would say, what would you do if this is your mom? What would you do if this was your daughter? Well, these are my children and they're vaccinated. 
you know, Dr. Rai, in the beginning here, I introduced you as the president and CEO of Prevea Health, a practicing physician. But I think one of the things that makes you one of the most valuable sources on this interview is what you just said. You're a parent. Yeah. I'm you a dad. you are a dad. You're a dad. That and that makes all the difference. Um, thank you for emphasizing that. So as of this date, May 17, 2021, children ages 12 and older are eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. When might we see vaccines become approved for younger children? So the trials for 2 to 11 have already started, uh, and the data collection is underway. Um, I don't think we're probably going to look at 2 and under. In most vaccinations, we're really looking at 2 and over. Um, so 2 to 11 is happening now. Uh, that data will be collected over the summer, analyzed, presented in the same way to the FDA and to the CDC. And I'm hoping by fall, even right before school starts, that we'll be able to do 2 to 11. Uh, we have two at home in that age category, so we definitely want to make sure that they get sent to school as protected as possible. But um, So be patient. I'm really hoping... September, maybe August, if mm-hmm. we can, uh, if things go very well. But it's really important to understand things going really well means we want to see that data. Those are my babies that you're going to put that shot into. I want to make sure that the scientific data is solid, that it's safe, that it's mimicking that we saw in the other age groups. And if there's changes that need to be made around timing or dosing, that we fully understand the why behind that before we go ahead and start using it. Mm-hmm. So would this be similar to the flu vaccine where a vaccine is needed yearly and then you know you get your reminder from the pediatrician's office? Or is it too early to say that? You know, it's really early to say that. And I know even the Pfizer CEO talked about a booster and, and really got to follow the science. Uh, you know, I've tried to say that for 14, 15 months now. I don't know how long it's been, <laughs> but follow the science. And, and really right now we're, we're looking at those that were vaccinated a year ago and looking at where... They're neutralizing antibodies is a term we use, and we use other immune markers to see if the vaccine has both short-term and long-term memory to prevent you from getting infected. And there's going to be different ways of looking at that. So maybe the vaccine's efficacy for preventing mild illness isn't there, but it's still going to prevent you from dying. You know, those are different categories that we're going to have to analyze here. So it's hard to say, is it a year? Is it six months? Is it 12 years? You know, we're really going to have to look at the scientific data, and we're just, you know, approaching that with, you know, those who were enrolled in the original clinical trials are coming up on their one-year mark here pretty soon. And as we start to see that data and it gets published, then we could probably answer that question with a little bit more science behind us. Dr. I want to thank you um, for being here and providing this insight, um, not only as, you know, the the leader of a very large healthcare system in Wisconsin, um, somebody who, you know, a practicing physician, but as a dad. Thank you very much. Is there anything you want to address that we haven't already? You know, vaccinations are always a tough topic, especially when it comes to children. I think we just need to understand the science behind this and keep explaining it. It is so important to get your children vaccinated, not only to COVID-19, but all the recommended vaccines. It's keeping them safe. And none of us want to make the decision not to do something and then have to live with the fact that one of our children got sick. That's our job as a parent, to protect our children. Vaccinations protect children. Well said. 
Thank you, Dr. Rai. And thank you to our listeners. For more information about COVID-19 vaccination through Provea Health, please visit provea.com slash vaccine. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit provea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Provea Health at Provea.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Provea Health. Thank you.